This program contains explicit content and subject matter which may be unsuitable for some listeners. Discretion is advised. You've got questions. We've got all the answers when it comes to sex and more. This is the A to Z of sex with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. Every week, we pick a series of topics that you've been wanting to know about. It's an encyclopedia of sex, intimacy, relationships, and so much more than that. Let's get things started. Now, here's your host, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the A to Z of sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. I'm a psychologist, sex and intimacy coach, accredited, advanced gender, sex, and relationship diversity therapist who spent the last 30 plus years helping people to create and maintain meaningful relationships that have sizzling sex and don't have shame. We have been working our way through the erotic alphabet one letter at a time. And this week, the letter is A. So we are roundabout back at the beginning again. And the month of August is anal pleasure month. So A this time is for anal pleasure. And we've, we've talked about this topic before, sometimes with a guest, um, sometimes not. Um, I always think this is a good topic to review because so many people actually write in and ask about anal sex um, and anal pleasure and find um, this one of the areas that they find difficult to approach. So rather than rerun, I decided I wanted to pick the topic up again, uh, give you some good information and also look at some of the questions that um, come in and see see uh, if I could answer some of the questions that people have had um, all about anal sex and, pardon me, and anal pleasure. Um, so let's start with um, a little bit about... Some of the stigma that is around anal sex and anal pleasure. And this is one of the more taboo areas, which is always um, really interesting to me. Um, For heterosexual couples, this is like frequently one of the most um, taboo areas. For oftentimes... It's seen as kinky and it's seen as reserved for the partner who they're most committed to. Um, And over the years, many clients did not save their virginity for their husband, but they did save their anal virginity for their husband, which I thought was really interesting. Um, There is also a lot of stigma around heterosexual men who enjoy anal stimulation. So if they do enjoy anal stimulation, they frequently will worry that this means something about their sexuality, that they're bi or they're gay. But actually, um, it's unrelated. Um, Our Anal area is uh, filled with nerve endings, and so it is an erogenous zone potentially for anyone, no matter what their gender. Um, Some men who really enjoy anal stimulation and anal sex um, from women, and and anal sex when women are doing it is called pegging, um, are submissive, but others are not. They simply enjoy the sensation. So you cannot make any assumptions about someone just because they enjoy anal stimulation and anal pleasure. I mean, but the only assumption you can make is that they enjoy it and they have a healthy attitude towards that area of their bodies and, um, and towards sex. Although actually you can't even make that assumption because people often start out with quite a bit of shame around this area because uh, of what they have been told. So let's talk about um, some of the myths that, um, are around anal pleasure. Um, and, I mean, the first one that we always talk about is that only people who are strange, perverted, weird, or abnormal enjoy anal stimulation. And as I've just said, there are people of all types who enjoy anal stimulation. It's just another one of our erogenous zones. We've got lots of nerve endings. It's a sensitive area. So it's an area that is open to pleasure. Um, I've already talked about men who enjoy anal stimulation are gay. No, they're not. Everyone can enjoy it. This one is a a big one, though. Um, 
anal sex always hurts. This one always makes me sad because anal sex doesn't have to hurt. Anal sex hurts when you are tense. Anal sex hurts when you are doing it wrong. If you actually take the time um, to do it properly, which means go slow, right? It's always go slow. If you take the time to do it properly and go slowly, anal sex doesn't have to hurt at all and and is intensely pleasurable. Um, Your body will remember. Your body has a memory when you traumatize it. So if you do push through pain, you're going to be tense the next time you try. So you really don't want to set yourself up for that. Um, Go slowly. And the most important thing about approaching anal sex to make it pleasurable is lube. Use lots of lubrication. Use lots of lubrication. I can't say it enough. Use lots of lubrication. If you use lubrication, it will be much easier. The second most important thing to make it pleasurable is how turned on you are. If you are already turned on, then it's much easier. In fact, Oftentimes, we recommend, if you can, if you're female um, or have um, or non-binary and have um, uh, female biological parts, that having an orgasm before attempting anal sex is great because that that level of arousal will make it easier. So, if you are um, able to have an orgasm first. And then the third is relax, 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 relax. So practice your breathing. Breathe deeply, evenly, and go slowly. If something is um, frightening you or a little bit painful, step it back and approach again. The people who are most successful at having amazing anal sex um, have, they don't go straight for the anal sex. They have foreplay to the anal sex as well. So they take their time. And when they do start pleasuring the anus and the anal area, what they do is that they do this slowly. So they'll start with a finger and then they'll move to two and then they'll move to three maybe. And then if they're going to move to either a penis or um, a um a dildo of some type or a vibrator or prosthesis, if they're going to do it, then they'll move to that. So it's only after they've introduced fingers, they've made the person comfortable, they've had a number of fingers, then they'll move to that. So it's a slow process and an enjoyable slow process. Um, The fourth myth I hear an awful lot all the time is that anal sex is somehow dangerous. The truth is you do need to be careful so you're not injured. Right. But it's easy to be careful. And if you use your muscles here, it gives you less tone, not more tone. So you don't suddenly become incontinent because you're having anal sex. Um, of course, there's bacteria in the anus because there's, you know, that's where the feces comes out. And um, even when you've cleaned yourself incredibly well, sometimes there is still a little bit of poop there and there are bact- there's bacteria associated with that. So you need to be careful about um, having that enter your body in any way. So you need to be careful about, um, you know, for example, you never make uh, the move from anal to vaginal sex with a toy or um, with a penis without actually um, making sure that you've cleaned incredibly well because you transfer bacteria back and forth and that's the quickest way to win infection and that's not something that you want. So that's really important. So practicing good hygiene is really important in order to um, um, lower uh, risks of any kind of infection. Um, and really good hygiene does not necessarily mean an enema. Some people feel that they need to do a full clean out if they're going to have a- anal sex. That really isn't necessary most of the time. If you if you um, have a bowel movement where you really do get rid of everything that's in you, um, and then you wash yourself out well, then that's usually enough. 
to be quite clean. But you know, some people do feel like they don't feel clean unless they've done a full enema, and you certainly can do that. There are some um, um, negative things about doing an enema. Right. And some people react really strongly to an enema. So they might be, you know, they might have diarrhea and they might be in the bathroom for quite a long time before it's final. Everything's finally over. And then they might not feel terribly good about having anal sex because they're exhausted from the diarrhea. Right. So it's important to consider these things before you do decide to do um, a full enema and a full washout. On the other hand, some people find enemas sexually arousing. So there's another way of, um, uh, changing the play and, and indulging in anal pleasure. And for people who, who find that sexually arousing, they can also find it arousing when somebody is telling them um, how long to hold the liquid and when to expel it and how to expel it. So there's a lot of different things that you can do with this to make this pleasurable. Uh, but as I say, it is not necessary to do a full enema in order to engage in anal sex and, um, and have it be um, uh non-dangerous as in not transferring any kind of bacteria or or um, infections um, it's not necessary to do that full clean out just you just need to use really good hygiene and you do want to be really careful because you're cleaning out sensitive tissue you've got to remember that tissues in that area are sensitive so you don't want to be using any kind of strong soap um, you want to make sure not to screw with the pH balance too much right so you want to be really kind of careful about that and be gentle on yourself. Also, you know, the skin can be quite thin in, in, in parts. For some people, you don't want to tear anything. You don't want to create um, any kind of um, open scrapes or tears because that raises your risk in terms of bacteria and things like that. And uh, a little bit later, of course, we'll talk about barrier use and condom use and why that's so important. Most of you already know this, but I find that it really does help for people to hear it over and over and over again. So we are just at our first break, and we'll come back in a couple of minutes after some words from our sponsors and pick it up there. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. On Anti-Aging Unraveled, host Dr. Lori Gerber features guests related to the field of integrative medicine and more specifically what she calls deconstructed medicine. Many symptoms that we think of as common and related to the aging process don't have to be issues if you think outside the common treatment processes. You'll learn that integrative medical technology, new innovations, and natural health can combine to help you age gracefully. Anti-Aging Unraveled. Listen Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. This is the A to Z of sex featuring Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. We know you have questions. We welcome you to call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Feeling a bit shy? It's okay. Dr. Lori Beth loves to read your emails too. Send them to Lori Beth at drlorybethbisbee.com. Now, more of the A to Z of sex. 
Hey everyone, welcome back to the A to Z of Sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. And this week we've started the alphabet again and we're on part two of A is for anal pleasure. Um, so uh, before the break, I was, I was talking about uh, safety and hygiene and things. And um, I'll revisit this later uh, when we talk about anything to do with using your mouth for anal pleasure. So we'll, we'll get to that later. But, um, but I will highlight the condom and, and barrier issue right now. Um, so, yes, um, you know, the anus can tear a bit more easily that, or, or the uh, tissue inside the rectum can tear a bit more easily. Um, and um, so one needs to be careful uh, because small tears uh, um, give access to the bloodstream. And so um, uh, condoms are particularly important when you're having anal sex and good lubrication is particularly important when you're having anal sex because it lowers the risk of any kind of tear or abrasion that might give access to the bloodstream. So um, I'm just going to put that out there. It doesn't really matter whether you are um, heterosexual, homosexual, ambisexual, bisexual, doesn't make a difference. It doesn't matter whether you are playing with uh, a penis with fingers um, or uh, with a dildo or a vibrator. It's still the same. You know, a barrier method is um, is what is uh, best practiced for keeping you safe from a variety of, of infections and diseases. So pretty important stuff. Okay, so let's um, look at some other bits and pieces. There are a lot of, uh, like I said, a lot of sensitive nerve endings in the rectum and the anus. And stimulating these will produce pleasure. And when we get turned on, our asses also get engorged with blood and aroused and more sensitive, which uh, sometimes people don't realize. Women's G-spot can be stimulated through the anus. And, and some also say that there's an A-spot that gets stimulated as well. Um, and um, men get prostate stimulation through the anus. And all of this feels great. So if you are somebody who has a penis, you get prostate stimulation through the anus. If you're somebody with a vagina, um, you get um, G-spot stimulation. You still get, it's actually part of uh, the internal part of the clitoris is getting some stimulation uh, is part of what we believe uh, through the anus. Um, there is a rectile tissue that's getting stimulated and can be accessed most easily through the anus. Um, the opening, uh, the anus is the opening of the anal canal. There's usually hair around it, even if it's light and very fine. Everyone has some hair. Um, uh, lots of people, um, lots of women get the hair removed, get the hair waxed. Uh, that can be quite painful because it can be quite intense. And, and it, it's full of nerve endings, so it's really sensitive and um, it can feel really good. It's sensitive to stimulation. There are two muscles there, the anal sphincter, which uh, sphincters, which both surround the anus. The external sphincter is the closest to the opening and with practice can be controlled. You can tense and relax it voluntarily. The internal sphincter is controlled by your autonomic nervous system. So it relaxes reflexively. You do not have control over that. So if you're able to relax, it will relax reflexively. The PC muscles support between the ass and the genitals, and they'll contract rhythmically during orgasm for all genders and even randomly when aroused. After that, you're looking at the anal canal and the rectum, and the anal canal itself is very sensitive to stimulation. The walls engorge and expand during arousal with increased blood flow. One of the things that's really important is to, rec to, to remember and recognize that the rectum is not a straight tube. It curves in a couple of places and the curves are unique. And that's one of the reasons why you have to go so slowly when you're with a new partner, because you have to learn their curves. And you don't, you know, you don't, if you treat it as a straight tube alongside the curves, you, you're going to cause pain. Right? You're going to hit into it, and it's, it's, it's not going to work, and it is going to cause pain. So you want to avoid doing that. Um, again, just highlighting that the G-spot is actually made of the same tissue as the prostate and is often called the female prostate. So that is also very much um, 
and erectile area um, and that you can access that through the vagina, but you can also access that uh, through the anus and the rectum. Okay. When I was talking about safe sex um, earlier and I was talking about condoms, I want to highlight that it's also really a good idea if you're going to uh, use your hands that you consider using gloves. Um, Again, seriously, lots of lubrication. Lots of lubrication. Um, Make sure that your nails are cut short so that you don't actually tear your gloves. And you would be surprised how often people forget to do this. And um, so they've put on gloves in order to make sure that um, they're they're um, keeping safe. And yet their nails are so long that they actually tear the gloves and in turn tear um, part of the uh, the inside of the um, anal canal. And so now, you know, what they've done for safety is just been completely negated. So do make sure that you cut your nails and file them so that you don't have any sharp edges. Um, if you're going to use, if you're going to do um, analingus, so if you're going to have your um, uh, use your tongue and mouth to stimulate the anus, um, dental dams are also um, a good idea for safety. Um, and um, if you don't have access to regular dental dams, um, or you don't, you know, you, f- you think they're too expensive, you don't want to purchase them, you don't know where to purchase them. You can actually make your own dental dam out of a condom. Uh, there was a TikTok video that showed you how to do this. Um, I'm, I'm afraid I'm blocking on the creator's name, but I did duet her. And um, so if you go uh, on my TikTok um, and um, have a look, you should be able to find um, to find it uh, and to find the video itself. I'm just having a look here quite quickly to see if I can spot it quickly so I am able to tell you. But uh, if you're looking for me on TikTok, I'm at Lori Beth UK. That's L-O-R-I-B-E-T-H-U-K. And it'll come up as Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. At the time that I'm recording this, the video is five rows down. Um, It'll change, I'm sure. But it is a superb video that shows you how you can, you know, take a regular condom and make a dental dam out of it. So dental dams, um, if you don't know, are um, basically um, a flattened out condom that covers the surface that you're wanting to lick right? So there's a barrier between your tongue and in this case, between the anus and your tongue. Okay. So uh, let's see where we go from here. Let's talk about getting the anus to the, the anal sphincter to relax, the part that you can get to relax. So the first thing that, um, that I, I have already mentioned, but I will highlight again, which is you want to go slow. If you've watched pornography and you see this whole thing where he just, you know, shoves a dick in her or somebody shoves a, a fist in someone like, you know, one, two, three, and they're in. Yeah, that's not real life, Right. Um, you want to go very slow. So you want to start by stimulating the area around the opening. That's where you start. And then um, if you want to get the internal sphincter to relax voluntarily, sometimes if you tap some tap on the anus, so you use the flat of your hand and tap, just like tap, tap, tap. Um, some people use penises or dildos to just tap, tap, tap. Um, both sphincters will relax slightly and will allow you to put, it's, it's like inviting something in, right? Allow you to put something in. But you shouldn't then be trying to stick a penis-sized object in. At that point, you look at starting with a finger, Sometimes starting with your tongue will get somebody more relaxed and it's easier for them to manage if they don't feel like an intense taboo about you having your mouth down there. And there are a lot of people who have difficulty with that. I'll talk about that more um, during the next segment. But that may be, that's often a place to start if somebody doesn't have 
the same um, intense response or a disgust response, then you can start there because that will actually soften you, soften the person up and make it them more relaxed and make it easier for you to penetrate. Uh, and then you start with one finger and use the one finger, explore with the one finger, give pleasure with that one finger. And then after a while, introduce a second finger. So quite slowly, checking with your partner all the way, listening for the sounds of pleasure, making sure to keep them stimulated. If they're really nervous about this, it may be difficult for them to approach it. So if, for example, your partner has a clitoris, you might be gently rubbing on the clitoris while you're stimulating the anus. If your partner has a penis, you're stroking the penis and or the balls while you're stimulating the anus. So you're trying to raise arousal as high as you can while you're doing this. And of course, then if the person has an orgasm, the intensity will be felt through the, it will be felt with it through the anus and the, um, the rectum as well. And it, and, and it, it increases the intensity and the fun of the orgasm. So it's that slow build. You want to slow build, be nibbling on their neck or be, you know, nibbling on their back as you're doing these things. Um, you don't just want to kind of come with a straight gung-ho approach that, that, that will fail a lot of the time, even for somebody who really likes rough sex. So you, you want to introduce slowly and then you can get to that place where you're, you're making it rougher as you go along, but you want to always introduce slowly. So it's time for another break. And when I get back, um, we'll continue on with this. And we'll talk um, about um, the increased taboos, which one is, which is, is around um, anything to do with your mouth on someone's anus. Um, and then um anything to do with poop. And the other one is around um, pegging. See you after these words from our sponsors. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with host Nancy Kerala. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. Together with her guests, we'll explore C. diff infection prevention, treatments, clinical trials, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health and Wellness. Functional Medicine with Dr. Robbins looks at how natural healing and biological dentistry can safely and effectively treat most health problems. You'll hear about the innovations in both traditional and alternative medicine therapies with doctors and dentists, along with discussions with chiropractors, medical experts, homeopaths, naturopaths, and energetic healers. It's great to have all the best information in one place. And Functional Medicine with Dr. Robbins brings it all together. Listen Thursdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. America Health and Wellness. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey Alexa! Hey Google! Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. This is the A to Z of sex featuring Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. We know you have questions. We welcome you to call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Feeling a bit shy? It's okay. Dr. Lori Beth loves to read your emails too. Send them to Lori Beth at DrLoriBethBisbee.com. Now, more of the A to Z of sex. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the A to Z of sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. Uh, this week, it is A is for anal pleasure, and this is part three. So I said before the break that I was going to talk um, about uh, some of the more taboo uh, anal pleasures. Before I do that, I want to um, point out a couple of things. 
Number one, um, you know, I keep mentioning lubrication and a lot of people like to spit on their hands and fingers and use spit. Um, Saliva doesn't work terribly well. It just dries up too quickly. Uh, So you're looking at water-based or silicone lubricants, which are the best. And you you want to use a lot. Some people will recommend using an oil-based lubricant. Again, this, it depends on whether you're using condoms because some of these things can degrade condoms um, and or whether you're using it on a toy. But you need to look into what the best lubricants are. You may need to reapply lubricant. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Um, and as I said, you know, going slowly is important and it can actually make the difference between an amazingly hot orgasmic experience and tears. If you take your time and you wait for relaxation to occur and you wait until your partner is comfortable enough for you to try penetration, you are going to get a better result. And if you touch your partner all over, so you're touching the rest of their ass, their thighs, you stroke them, um, you bring up that level of arousal, you're going to get a much better response. If you've never really explored your own anus as a central area of your body, it's really worth spending some time doing this alone before you have someone else do it. I highly recommend spending some time in solo erotic play. There are wonderful ways in which to do this. Um, You can use your fingers. You can use a vibrator. You can use a small one or a large one. You can use butt plugs. There are tons of different butt plugs. Um, There are graduated sets to help you get used to having something bigger and bigger in that area of, you know, opening that area of your body. Um, The easiest to take to start with are usually made of latex or rubber and are relatively small. Um, And they're often like the shape of a diamond. And you can take some time building up the comfort. You go from a smaller to a larger toy. But, oh, my God, butt plugs come in so many different materials. There are some beautiful stainless steel ones. And um, uh, these can be very comfortable once you're used to them. There are ones made out of sterling silver. And uh, I know that I'm aware that there are some made out of gold, although I've never seen one. Um, and there are glass ones, which are amazing. So there, you know, there are a lot of different styles and you can practice with that. There's an awful lot of fun to be had using fingers. So you can try different strokes with your finger. You can try different parts of the finger. Oftentimes, um, people choose the doggy style position or lying on the front as the position for anal sex. Um, And um, this isn't always the best position. So you need to make sure um, because penetration tends to be deepest there. So if you have a partner who is very large, you may not want to use that. You may want to use a side-by-side position or a quasi-missionary style position to see what works best. It's the outer portion of the rectum that brings one type of pleasure. That's where there are lots of nerve endings, but the inner portion responds to pressure. So the feeling of pressure is like adds to that feeling of fullness. And that really is another type of pleasure. And there are people who enjoy fisting. And they enjoy intense pressure. And for those of you who have never heard of fisting, I'll just be really clear that it does what it says on the tin. Fisting is when you put your entire fist either into a vagina or into an anus and you actually then manipulate the fist. So you're using it as a way, as a, as, as a penetration tool, as a, as a fucking tool, right? Um, that's something that... It, um, it can take an awful lot, so you really need to move uh, very slowly when you're doing that. Um, anal stimulation can, can cause orgasm without any other type of stimulation. Some people swear by anal beads for multiple orgasm, and as each bead is pulled out, there's an orgasm. For some people, this feels so taboo that they can't even approach it. 
And and this is also also often harder for people who are male presenting um, because they tend they can feel that this type of play somehow call, calls their masculinity and sexual identity into question. But prostate stimulation can be incredibly erotic for a man and bring on a really amazing, intense orgasm. So take your time introducing it to your partner. Pegging is always um, an interesting one. You know, I always have to remind people that what they want to do is start with a small dildo. But having reminded you that you want to start with a small dildo, I just leave you with this thought. Even the smallest dildo feels huge when put into an, a, a virgin asshole. Okay? So you need to remember, go slow. And make sure to check in with your partner and make sure that they're not having a psychological or emotional reaction that's triggered and, and, and getting in the way of their pleasure. And pegging is definitely one of the more taboo um, areas of anal pleasure. There are many men who just would enjoy the stimulation, but find the idea of a woman using um, a strap-on dildo um, uh, either uh, shaming or overwhelming or scary and, uh, and can't get past that part in order to enjoy the sensations. So it's something that you want to negotiate carefully and it's something you want to take your time with. And remember, as I said earlier, enjoying anal stimulation says nothing about your sexual orientation, nor does it say anything about um, uh, your masculinity at all right? Anyone can enjoy anal stimulation. Lots of people enjoy anal stimulation. Um, And they're from all genders with all types of bodies. Um, So here's the thing. A woman who's using a strap-on really does often need to practice before they try. Fucking movements are specific kinds of movements and an artificial penis will change your center of gravity and the movements you make when you fuck someone are going to be different than when you are in the receptive role. So when you're in the active role, which you are when you have um, the artificial penis, you, well, you're not always, but often in pegging you are, Um, the movements you are making are going to be different than those you're what you're making in the receptive role. And I've told the story before that um, when I had a girlfriend that wanted me to just to fuck her. So um, this was this was vaginally. um, I actually took lessons from my husband in order to learn how to do this properly. Uh, If you want the whole story, you can check out my blog about this adventure, um, which is called that time my man taught me how to do another woman with a strap on. It's actually still up on your tango.com, I believe. Um, I, I had to pick an appropriate harness, an appropriate strap on um, at, so that I could and work with the center of gravity and get the movements right and practice before I actually uh, went and went on the date and, and did this on a person. Um, so if you're going to do pegging, practice a bit on your own first and then start slowly with your partner. You want to use a lot of lube. I've said it. I'll say it again. And you want to give him time to adjust as you push in deeper. You can consider trying one of the spooning positions, as I said, which is often easier for the person being pegged to handle because the penetration is not as deep. And relax and enjoy the experience. Don't worry about laughing and things like that. It doesn't have to be all serious. It should be fun. (laughs) Now. If you are a bit more adventurous and you find pain arousing, you could try figging. So figging is where you place a bit of skin ginger in the anus or in the vagina. It can be carved into the shape of a butt plug, but it, it, it doesn't have to be. You need to know that once it starts burning, the burning is really intense. So it, it, it's, it's not for everyone. Uh, the burning usually peaks within five minutes and it'll last for around 30 minutes. And if you wanted to build up the burn again, you'd just reskin the ginger or you'd tighten the muscles of the anus. So definitely, definitely be careful with this one, but it can be um, challenging, but a lot of fun. Um, 
And so um, that's another one. You can use anal sex and anal play as part of a power exchange, as part of an act of submission, uh, as part of um, bottoming. And, um, and I'm talking about bottoming in the BDSM sense, not in the gay sense. Um, so you can do that as well. You can have the partner who is providing the stimulation be in control and do various things to either um, string out an orgasm or, or push an orgasm through. And, and um, that can also be a lot of fun. Um, and then there is um, uh, any kind of analingus. Um, so analingus is when you you use your mouth and your tongue to stimulate the anus and and the immediate inside of the rectum. This can be intensely pleasurable and a lot of fun. It's terribly intimate, and for some people it feels humiliating, and that's part of the problem. But for others, it feels humiliating, and that's part of the turn on. So I will talk more about this when we come back from this last break after we hear from our sponsors. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access all the time. There is a difference in health and wellness programs. There can be mainstream programs, and then there is something extra. That something extra is called tips to keep you healthy, happy, and motivated with your host, Kristen Harper. If you want to hear some behind-the-scenes talk radio when it comes to health and wellness, the why as well as the how, be sure to tune in each week. This show will inspire you to be healthy and happy for life, as well as become the best version of yourself. Listen Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health and Wellness. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. This is the A to Z of Sex, featuring Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. We know you have questions. We welcome you to call in to 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. Feeling a bit shy? It's okay. Dr. Lori Beth loves to read your emails too. Send them to Lori Beth at drloribethbisbee.com. Now, more of the A to Z of sex. Hey everyone, welcome back to the A to Z of sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. And this week it is A is for anal pleasure. And it is the last segment of the series. So just before the break, I started talking about analingus. And as I said, analingus is anytime you use your mouth to pleasure somebody's anus and, um, and rectum. And um, as I said earlier, you know, it's possible that there will be some smell of poop or even when somebody's cleaned themselves out or um, some residual poop. So, um, you know, if that completely uh, turns you off, then, you know, if you just can't approach that, then you're going to want to be incredibly careful. You may actually want to perform 
um, a, a quick clean on your partner before you go down there. Um, and, um, and you're going to want to use a dental dam in, in, in for safety. Now, sometimes people don't want to use a dental dam. And it's really important to remember that people have a right to assess their own risks. So I'll make recommendations, but we all risk assess when it comes to um, any kind of contact with other humans anyway. And um, so for sexual contact, that's something that you know, we risk assess. So, for example, some people don't like to use condoms when they're when they're uh, performing um, fellatio, and some people don't like to use dental dams when they're performing um, cunnilingus. And when you do that, you're taking a risk. Um, at not the same level of risk as you are when you're having um, penis and vagina penetrative sex or penis and anus uh, penetrative sex, but you are still taking a risk, and it is important to acknowledge that. So people enjoy the stimulation, the feel of somebody um, having their tongue there. They enjoy the adoration that can come along with that, the, the, you know, kind of as the emotional act of adoring somebody, you know, that much that, you know, you, you're even willing to kiss their ass, as it were. You're even willing to lick their ass. Um, and so there is that element to it. It can also be, there can also be a power exchange element to it. And it's, a, it's an act of worship from the submissive's point of view. Um, and then there, you know, are the, the the bigger taboo group of people who actually um, enjoy things that involve poop or scat, right? So um, they might enjoy playing with poop, or they might enjoy um, having poop on their bodies, or having their partner poop on them, and they might enjoy ingesting poop. And there are people who do that too. And um, of course, obviously, if you're going to ingest something like this, that's got a higher risk level again, you know, there, there you're taking in all of the bacteria, potential parasites, you know, so, you know, there, it's a higher risk level in it. And um, uh, that just needs to be considered if that's something you want to do and are going to do. But there are lots of ways that people um, get messy with poop that don't involve ingesting it. And so the risks are obviously less, but it is messy and it is very taboo. Um, and many people um, find, you know, even just saying this for some people, this will have been a trigger and they'll, they'll be, Oh my God, that's disgusting. It's disgusting. Um, for, for others, it just isn't. And um, so no judgment. You just want to be making sure that what you're doing, you're risk assessing adequately. And that is one of the things that I do think is important that um, is important with any kind of sexual activity or um, relationship activity that you engage with, that you need to be able to do an appropriate risk assessment, right? What kind of risks does this activity pose or doing this activity with this person in this way pose? Uh, are there ways of minimizing some of those risks? What are the what are the things that I get out of doing this and do they outweigh the risks? And those are things you really should be thinking at any time that you are engaging with somebody in any kind of sexual play or sexual activity. And and there's a scale of risk, you know, sitting across a room from each other masturbating is a much lower risk activity than um, analingus, right? Uh, and analingus is a lower risk activity than ingesting anything from a person, ingesting someone's urine, ingesting someone's feces, and ingesting someone's semen, right? And analingus is going to be, a, a, with a barrier, is going to be a lower risk. So it, it is about risk assessment. It's not about, you know, this is absolutely something you should never do. I mean, you're grownups. I, I'm not going to tell you that. I'm going to give you the information you need so that you can make an adequate risk assessment and you can make those choices. But as a whole, anal pleasure is one that's often overlooked. And it is, and there's such a wide variety of wonderful sensations you can have um, well, indulging in play in those erogenous zones. And so I, I um, like to remind people that they can explore here and it can be a whole new area to explore with a partner and particularly with a long-term partner where you haven't explored this before it can bring a whole new set of uh, dimension of physical sensations but also some emotional ones as well so it can be an awful lot of uh, fun it can be complicated um, and um, and well worth um, considering and engaging in 
If you've got any questions that arose out of this episode, please do write in um, to Laurie Beth at drlauriebethbisbee.com. I do pick up your questions and I will answer them in future shows. Of course, you can always um, write in live while I'm live and I will actually pick up questions then. And of course, you can always um, telephone in, although people rarely do because I think they're afraid other people will recognize their voices. But I wouldn't really be worrying about that. Um, Next week uh, is B. Next week is the letter B. And um, I haven't yet decided uh, where we're going with that. But it will be a lot of fun. Um, we've got a bunch of um, of podcasts on relationship styles and um, uh Consensual non-monogamy, uh, non-consensual non-monogamy, monogamy, relationship anarchy. I'll be talking about a lot of that this season. Um, uh, 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 I'm going to spend quite a bit of time on relationship styles. Um, and I'll spend um, a bunch of time on overcoming hang-ups and um, overcoming um, sexual trauma as well. If there are topics that you want to hear, please, please, please. Write in and let me know. Please review the podcast. Reviews are really helpful. I know lots of times people want to be anonymous and so they don't review, but I would really appreciate it. I would appreciate it so much that if you do review this podcast, you will get some special swag. If you give me a way to get it to you, you'll get some special swag sent to you. Um, and if you review this podcast, the first five people that review the, the, the podcast uh, will get um, a... Uh, an ebook of one of my published books uh, if they review the podcast. So the first five people that I see after today's date that review the podcast um, on iTunes and Stitcher um, will get um, an ebook to thank them for their trouble. If there are guests you want to see, please also recommend then. And if you want to know what's going on with me, do head over to my website, drlauriebethbisbee.com, and fill in the form on the pop-up so that you can get on my mailing list, and then you will know all that's going on in my world, including um, oftentimes lives and presentations, events, all sorts of fun stuff. Um, for your trouble uh, at the moment, if you do it, um, when this is first airing, uh, you will actually get yourself an ebook. Uh, a little ebook on kissing, which is a is a nice one. Um, but that is the best way to find out what's going on. Alternatively, join my Facebook group, which is Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee's Facebook group. Actually, I think it's Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee's membership group. I don't know. So just if you put my name in, you'll find it. It's not that difficult. And I do tend to let the group know ahead of time what's going on, and they get some exclusive content as well. So if you join that today. You'll also get that information and you'll be kept up to date. I hope you are safe with all the craziness that is still going on and that you're looking after yourself and making good decisions about where you decide to be uh, in close proximity with others and the risks you decide to take um, and that you have a, a fantastic week with lots of hot, shame-free sex. I'll see you all next week. We hope you learned something today. But if you have more questions, go ahead and email them to Lori Beth at drlauribethbisbee.com. Then be here next Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of the A to Z of Sex with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee on Voice America Health and Wellness. See you next week. <laughs>